0: Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, licensed clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. So um, I know that people are hopping on live. It is a lunch break for some people that are on the West Coast. And then for some of you, you may be tuning in later, and that is perfectly fine. So let me go ahead and do an intro to what we will be discussing today. I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm also a therapist business coach as it relates to private practice and scalable income, aka streams of income as a therapist. So one of the things we're going to be talking about today are niche tips and branding questions that have come in actually through the community. And so um, for those of you who don't know, I have a podcast submission form. If you head over to drtk.com forward slash links, you will actually be able to see Um, a podcast submission form you can submit your question but the one big tip that i have is be as specific as possible and if you are my dta student and your question is related to the content in your course then you do not submit a podcast question. You actually ask it during a coaching call. And so I know y'all's names. Therefore, I will not (laughs) answer those questions on YouTube because it is directly correlated with the content that is located in the Dope Therapist Academy portal, okay? So let's go ahead and hop in. I'm going to read the question that came through. And um, if you're watching live and or recorded, one of the things that I love to do is have some level of, of engagement. And so I want you to talk back to me, whether you are watching live or not, um, because I do go back and I comment back. So this question actually came from um, a therapist named Shay. She is from Florida. And her question was, when narrowing down my niche, I have chosen parent-child interaction therapy, also known as PCIT, but I'll also do other things really well, like a psychoeducational evaluation um, or psychoed evaluations and one-on-one therapy for children. So her question is after giving some context, do I ignore those other services I provide when speaking to my audience to be more clear? And of course the general answer would be no, right? We do not ignore it. However, however, um, I do want to use this time to do more rapid fire tips to talk about niche or niche, however you want to pronounce it um, in the marketing field. And so I want to walk you through five things, which are statements and or questions that will help you make the decision of how you show up as the expert expert. In your arena. And this can actually be beyond being a therapist. This actually applies to any stream of income. So let's start our rapid fire tips for identifying your niche. And then of course, showing up as the expert in that arena. So number one is you want to know who you want to serve and who you love to serve. That's question or prompt number one. Who do you want to serve and who do you love to serve? So if you want to serve children, what what type of children do you want to serve K through you know five, Head Start? Do you want to serve the children's families? Do you want to serve school age children, teenagers, tweens, LGBTQ kids or teens? What classification or category of children? Do you want to serve? And we know that children go all the way up to transitional age youth, also known as TAY. Okay, so who do you want to serve, and you know who do you love to serve? Um, number two that you want to consider when you're looking at your niche is what problem do you help that population solve? And so what I want you to see already is that the five points, the questions that I'm gonna have you think about, they're actually going to build off of one another. So make sure that you don't skip a question thinking like, oh, I already know who I wanna serve. Let me go down to number five. Let me just go down to her case scenario. Let me let me fast forward this video or podcast and let me just tune in to that part. And, and that's a no, okay? Okay. So who do you want to serve and who do you love to serve? And then number two is what problem do you help that particular problem, um, that particular population solve? So let's just say if you worked with transitional age youth, are you helping them um, navigate adulthood? Are you helping them communicate effectively to other people around them, like friends, partners, caregivers, and or parents, you know, employers, professors, are you working with them on decreasing their anxiety, their depression, suicidal ideation, like give a detailed description of what problem do they have and what problem can you actually solve? Because when you talk to that audience, you have to be able to articulate that to people. Okay. Now, number three, brand yourself as for this example, for this clinician, Shay, she said that she likes to work with children under the orientation of parent-child interaction therapist. So I'm now going to temporarily for today, you know, I'm kind of like indirectly coaching her, is that I'm going to tell her to start branding herself, which means that she needs to show up as the parent-child interaction therapist expert. People will not see you as something if you do not see yourself as that first. And so before people saw me as the number one therapist business coach, some people may have just saw me as a psychologist. TK, Dr. TK, that's the girl that always is exercising and bouncing off the wall at four o'clock in the morning at the gym and hosting classes at some point in my career. Right. That's the girl who opened up a group practice from scratch people start to give me titles. So what I'm saying is that you want to give yourself a title, a title that you believe that you want other people to know you as, okay? So that's number three. That's where branding come in. But please remember that you can't market your services unless you know what your brand is. And you don't know what your brand is unless you know who you serve, and what problem you solve. You see how those those go in order. So, and I'm saying that because I get a lot of therapists, a lot, that contact me either via DM, they respond back to my text community or other avenues, and they'll say, I just really need coaching around marketing. Well, Well, marketing is pretty big. So what part of marketing do you want to work on Is it for your private practice even, or is it for a book? Because now we're talking about a physical product launch, maybe even versus an online course, a digital product launch. Those launch processes can look very different than even launching a solo private practice or launching a new therapist in a group practice. Okay. So, even though it may sound the same, those have to be broken down into different processes. Okay. So, number four. Because you do this work, you will automatically attract subpopulations of people that overlap with your ideal client. So this is also answering the question of the presented question, which is if I do this with this particular group of people, does that mean that I ignore all the other populations? Well, if you are operating within alignment of serving the main population that you want to serve, meaning the main population that you want to be known as, because that's really what branding is in private practice is that you can, I can work with teenagers, but I'm automatically like you work with children. You'll automatically start to gain referrals for individual therapy for those children. As you do, you'll automatically start to get referrals from lawyers or other people or the parents to do an evaluation. Why? Because you are marketing and branding yourself as the expert serving children as it relates to parent-child interaction. So by default, those subgroups of referrals are automatically going to come. And it is not a quote unquote bad thing unless you only want to do that type of services or treatment, okay? If you are not pigeonholed in just doing that, and you can. There's a lot of therapists out there, and I was one of them, where at some point I actually did not want to see any adults. I only wanted to see kids and I'll share with you a case study and how these things kind of flushed out over my private practice career. Now, number five is the bigger question after you've went through who do I want to serve and who I love to serve? What problem do you help them solve? Brand yourself as the expert serving that population and then just note that you're automatically going to attract subpopulations of that original main head area of you like serving parent-child relationships, the bigger question that you want to ask yourself is, what do you want to be known as or for in the public's eye? Because when we really think about branding as it relates to your niche, if you look up the definition of niche, it does not say you are not allowed to do other things. But it's really talking about you narrowing down the population that you serve and then to take it a step further. Now we're going to look at the branding that you, you know, as the person that you've become. And now you're going to introduce yourself, how I do, as the number one therapist business coach, right? So what you're going to do is you're going to take that name or expertise and then you're going to brand it. You're then going to market yourself as that person, okay? And then again, you will automatically attract the therapy for those type of children or heck of the parents and or evaluations, if not more. That's where then we can have a lot of fun talking about various streams of income just by serving one population. So one of the perks of clinicians who join our community is that they get first dibs in being invited when we have any type of live event, meaning they get an invitation before the public does, because a lot of things that we do in live in person, they have limited spots. Okay. So with limited spots, one of the areas that we always talk about a few times a year is how do you take one product or service And how do you build seven streams of income easily and effortlessly? Now, I'm not saying that there is not work to be put in when you build these streams of income. But what I am saying is that you can actually take one population that you love to serve and then one stream of income can be family therapy because maybe that has a different rate. One or you can clump them all together and say mental health services, but then one level of stream of income would be evaluations because that involves a little bit more paperwork, clearly, or psych, you know, psych evals. Then you may write a book. You know, I can keep going on and on. As you can see, the leg of your business can be built out into seven streams of income. Very easily, simply by you niching down. So when a therapist tells me, oh, I got too many ideas. I don't know how to narrow it down. Niching is too difficult and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, you need to slow down. You need to figure out what and who you want to be known for. Meaning when I hear and, or um, if somebody says the name to your company, your business, or you, I need to have an association with that. And if I don't have an association with that, that means that you have not been showing up and telling people that that is what you are and that is what you're about. So now when people see me, most people now in the public's eye actually know me as either the number one therapist business coach or the lady who has the programs catered only to therapists. That's cool, too. Right. So I want to break down an example of what this actually looks like. Okay, so. I'm going to highlight certain words and then I'm also going to give you what it looks like in like the real life situation. Okay. So I want to take you back to a few years ago, I was seeing teenagers and adults at this point, but not too many adults. In terms of my history, because I want to pull together context of how my branding even started, low key on accident, but nothing is ever on accident, right? It's divine timing and divine assignment is the word authority. So when I start recognizing and looking back, hindsight, why people were seeing me as the difficult teen lady, I didn't actually give myself that title. But some of you who are very familiar with either my podcast or the YouTube channel, I typically will reference that example, but I haven't really went into detail about what happened. So when I first started my career pre-licensure, I had been working in schools, K-12, a lot of high schools, group homes correctional facilities for kids, community agencies, and then also being placed in the community to do work with mostly teenagers, honestly, mostly black and brown boys to be specific, because that has something to do with the referrals that I was receiving. So that was authority. And then, and I want you to write these words down. How were you positioned in your past that maybe you don't even recognize as an authority figure, even if nobody ever gave you a title, like you were known as something, right? So then the second point is my marketing was part of my website. Now I knew that my website was a marketing tool. I just didn't really understand how powerful of a tool it was. So the way my website was positioned, I made it on my own on GoDaddy.com when they first started having websites. This was 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. It was in two thousand. 10, so definitely over 10 years ago. So I placed on the front page of a website, a little picture that I took with an iPhone. I positioned it in a corner in the juvenile camp. You would have never known I was in the camp because I leaned over and they only got like my face with my curls or whatever, my hair. I even took off my ba- badge, but I had like a black button up top. So I looked professional and it was a cute little picture. I filtered it a little bit and I put it on my website as like a little icon photo. Also on my website, on the front page, I had like the about me section right there. They didn't need to go find it. Really important. So I shared with them just my work history, a brief resume. And the fact of like the statement that I made was that I love working with teenagers. So my marketing, my website was a tool. Next one is I talked about the problem that I solved. Now, mind you, this was all before I got coaching. So you can only imagine the information in terms of transformation in my business of what happened when I finally got into coaching for marketing, right? So um, when I looked at the problem that I solved, one of the things that I'm really crafty with is graphics, right? I love even editing my own videos, even though I have a team member who does that. But if I needed to do it or if I want to do it, I can. I love making graphics for my website. I love making the workbooks for my students. I love actually making my own slides because I think that has to do with my love of photo and videos. However, that's not leveraging my time. So I have to hand some of that stuff off at times, right? But nevertheless, because I was good at those things, I use that as my genius zone. So I asked myself, well, what problem do I solve? Hmm, I solve working with kids and their parents of kids who present themselves more like oppositional defiant disorder, right? Because let's speak therapeutic language. So part of oppositional defiant disorder, it will give you, at least in the dsm 4 tr because I know they're coming out with dsm five, you know, TR, then T6, you know, whatever. So this was a while ago. And I just simply opened up my DSM. See, some of y'all be trying to recreate wording, and it's right there. All you got to do is break it down into layman's terms. But oppositional defiant disorder was in regular terminology. Does your child argue back? Does your child violate curfew? So what I did is in the practice that I was subling a office, I went on Vistaprint and part of my message on a like flyer, which was pretty bright and colorful, I-, I didn't even create the flyer. They had a template and I just put my words on there. One side of the flyer said, does your child exhibit any of the following? All I did y'all is list out oppositional defiant disorder, literally the whole criteria outside of the impairments, just like the symptoms, right? Then at the bottom, it said, if your child exhibits at least one of these, flip over the flyer. And on the back of the flyer, it said, if your child exhibits one or more of the symptoms on the front, then you definitely want to contact Dr. TK or Dr. Takesha Jackson at that time. I'm a clinical psychologist. I gave a little bio of who I was. Then I listed out what insurance panels I was paneled with. I also do PPO, private pay, like all those great things, right? So those, those people who saw that flyer were actually able in a lobby probably while waiting on their partner to get out of therapy with someone else because it was a a shared space, they were able to pick up another resource for a kid, okay? So I focused on how I solved the problem. Then what I did, which is really key, is I did what's called marketing research. So with marketing research, some of y'all are trying to go down a YouTube rabbit hole. You know what I'm saying? I know that my podcast, I have specifically catered all of my messaging to therapists, even though truth be told, any type of business owner can take advantage of even this topic of niching down in your business, but then there are certain things that are directly correlated with therapeutic practices, right? So in terms of marketing research, I just straight up listened to my referrals. I was not going down the YouTube rabbit hole, Google rabbit hole. I just simply listened to my referrals because I didn't have time to do none of that. I was working at my job full time while starting my private practice business. So I didn't try to figure these things out by myself certain questions that i was asking people just from an innate nature is oh how did you find me out of curiosity that was one of the questions another question was if they said they found me online oh i'm curious what did you what did you put online cuz like a teenager told me that and she was asian american and she said i don't want to be racist and i'm like girl you're going to be racist tell me <laughs> and she said oh i typed in black therapist and then google populated near me and because her office is by my home you popped up first and then it took me to like psychology today and all these things right So I asked them, what did they search? Because you want to write these things down because that's telling you how they match up with your marketing tools, such as your website or words that you put on these directories. Okay. That's how SEO works. Then sometimes I would ask what attracted them to my profile. If it's on a psychology today and, or if it's on my website, what made them go ahead and make the phone call? And I got a variation of responses. So I'm going to tell you what one of the parents said, and then I noticed that it was a trend that a lot of them start saying it to the point where I then start telling parents what to do with their child if the parent thought that the kid needed to be in therapy, not necessarily the kid yet. Right. So one parent, it was a teenage son. He knew he needed to come to counseling, but he was like, I want to find the right person to help me, you know, all these things. Right. So the mom found me through her insurance. She went through my website, which was really good, which meant that she did her homework. And she actually told me on the phone, I said, You know, does he know he's going to come see me? Because I don't like surprises. And she said, Yeah, I actually showed him your picture. And his response was, Okay, I feel like she would be he didn't say the word relatable, but he said, oh, she looks young. So I feel like she'll get me versus an older person because my name was Dr. Jackson and they didn't know what I had looked like when they saw my name on a sheet of paper. That can be a man, a woman, any ethnicity, any age. But I have my hair similar to this on that picture, little black, little collared shirt. Well, like maybe just a part in the middle of my hair, with a little clearly younger, right? 10 years ago. So I said, oh, okay, so since parents are doing that, maybe I should then tell parents that if they have a kid that's a little resistant to therapy and at least let me do an intake on them to see if there is even a problem. And if there is a problem, will they be open to treatment? Can you show your child my profile Because you don't know what's in their mind when you said you're going to go see a psychologist, a shrink, Dr. Jackson, you know. So we're going to break down even some myths that they have about the person that they're even coming to see. And hands down, when parents would actually do that, the kids were more even welcoming when I went to the lobby because then they're able to recognize me before I'm even able to introduce myself. Okay, so that's marketing research. Next area that you want to look at is marketing materials. I recognize that those flyers were working because again, if I'm asking people, how did you find me? That's when I started realizing that people were like, oh, I was in here doing my own therapy for myself as an adult. And then I know that my kid needs to be in therapy, et cetera, or my kids, my family. And your flyer stood out as I was sitting in the lobby because it was very bright. It was very colorful. And then as I was going through the checklist, I was like, ooh, this is my kid, this is my kid. Ooh, what she got? And that interests them. But what attracted it to them It's just the catching eye, which is why I harp on so much, especially for social media, get a professional photo, get in good lighting. When you do video, have good lighting, sit in front of natural light. I don't have a ring light on right now. I'm sitting in front of natural light. But if you don't have one, you need to get artificial lighting like a ring light. Okay. But that doesn't wash you out. If I turn on that ring light right now, I'd look like a ghost. Okay. So I'd rather use natural light, especially in the daytime. So I recognize that my marketing materials were working. So you need to check in and make sure that what you think is working, especially on social media, is actually working, y'all. All right. So next thing I want you to consider is this case study. So I had mentioned that I was given the title of what's called a difficult teen lady. Now, what ended up happening is one referral led to additional referrals simply because I followed innately the steps that I just took you through. But I wasn't coached about them. I just, my gut was telling me what to do the whole time, right? So this is what happened. I got a phone call. I think I was even at a training at my job. I got a phone call from a parent that sounds very distressed. She left a voicemail, caught her back on the break in the training. And that's how I would really return my phone calls at the time to have a consultation on the spot. At that time, I didn't have any automated systems like we teach in DTA. So had like a 30 minute conversation with her. It was very difficult to detach from her on the phone. Okay. But I asked her, how does she find me? Because she had the insurance that I took, but I was, you know, still curious. And she said, oh, another therapist in the office that you're in referred you. So basically this kid had went to go see another therapist in my same office, but my office floor, because it's a virtual office space back then, It has like 80 offices mixed with different types of businesses, including therapists. But I don't know all the therapists. I try to like see them, but we work different schedules and we're seeing clients back to back. We take a lunch, go home, right? So they said that, I mean, there was so much of a disconnect where this mom couldn't even remember the the name of the therapist. And I'm like, wow. You know, even though they only saw them one time, it was just like, you don't even remember their name? So, because I was going to go to the front office and see if I can even thank them for the referral. Like, you know, whatever. So... Um, the mom said the kid didn't mesh with the therapist good. And the, the, the therapist had said, well, let's try a, somebody else, you know, cause I don't want to force him to come to therapy, which was really good on that therapist's part. So the mom was like, I don't feel like looking for another therapist. She's telling me this like later, like on the consultation. So make a long story short, the guy said, I know that there's another lady in here. That's a therapist. And she's known working with difficult teen, like difficult teens, like she's a difficult teen lady. And I said, did he know my name? She was like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I don't even know what the missing piece was. How did she get my phone number? I don't know if she went to the, maybe the front desk and said, because the, that therapist pointed out where my office was. So clearly the mother could have Googled my name because my name was on the outside of the office or she could have just went to the front desk depending on when she came and saw that other therapist and they gave my contact information. Nevertheless, here we are. So I've already been given a title of my expertise, which yeah, that's what I did, work with difficult teens, but I wouldn't call on myself that. So when the mom told me that, I wrote it down and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So nevertheless, the parents, the the mom and grandmother came, brought the kids to therapy. As I'm seeing a client before that client, because they're my last client, I heard them arguing and I'm like, oh Lord, this is not my next client, right? But it's good. I love those kind of challenges. That's why I work with that population. So I walked out And I saw that the kid was red. You can very much tell that he did not want to be there, right? He was probably dragged there, right? Or maybe threatened or something. Like, if you don't come, you don't punishment. I don't know. So when he came, I said, um, you know, I'm Dr. Jackson. Are you? He was like, like he didn't even say yeah, but he like nodded his head, right? Um, And I don't know, I don't think they ever showed my picture as I instructed. uh, Because I can tell on the phone that he was not resistant to therapy. I mean, he was resistant to therapy. He wasn't open. But I recognized that there was probably not a connection, right? So, but he responded to me, even though he argued, like clearly I heard him cursing at his mom. So I said, listen, my name is Dr. Jackson. It looks like you're having a hard time. Do you need to go to the bathroom? You know, wash up a little bit. He was like, "Mm -mm." I'm like, okay. I said, do you need to get some water? He was like, "Mm -mm." I'm like, okay. So you have a choice. Um, I typically do family session when I'm serving a minor, I usually have everybody come in together. And then after that, I'll talk to you individually. But it sounds like, cause I heard some things before my, you know, at the end of my last session, it sounds like y'all not in a good space right now. So check this out. I'm about to give you a choice. Do you want to all come in together or who wants to come see me first? And he got up and I'm like, hmm. Interesting for a difficult teen that's oppositional that just finished cursing his mother out in the lobby that he's that responsive to a psychologist that he doesn't know. So as we're walking down the hallway, the mother gets up cause she was like, Oh, I'm gonna go too. He was like, no, you can stay right there. <laughs> like the intake has already started. So I talked to this kid. He definitely didn't want to be there. Speed things up, did a typical intake. This kid talked for like almost the whole 45 minutes. Our session is only 45 minutes. I still got to talk to his mom. So I I asked him, is he on for therapy? He said yes. And basically the case unfolded. um, And the reason why I wanted to bring up that particular case, because I had a lot of those, that wasn't exactly like him, but in terms of one case leading to more opportunities, is that he... Was eventually kicked out of a traditional school and then moved into a continuation school because of his behavior, because he was often kicked out of class or walked out of class. Therefore, his grades suffered. And then they just didn't want him anymore. I mean, I can't even sugarcoat it. Right. So he started going to a continuation school. I recognize that I don't even think he liked his mother there. So I said, you know what? I need to see you in, in a space where you are not like tainted by what's happening in the lobby before our session. So are you open to me coming to your school? Now, please note, I got to talk to your school. I got to make sure that they have a safe space for us to meet at, whether it's outside or in person, you have to agree to it because we're going to be having a therapy session. And he was like, I don't care. I don't even mind meeting you here, but I know that whatever. So we agreed for me to go to his past school. For a meeting, and then I ended up meeting at his continuation school. Well, guess what happened? The continuation school recognized that I was coming up there once a week. I had a system where his mother was updated with a simple button on my app to charge her for her card. Her call payment was five dollars. So when she was charged, she knew that he showed up. And then every so often, I would call her and set up a consultation a consultation session, like a collateral. Then I would also, from time to time, have him come to my office on a Saturday because that worked out better for the mom's schedule, so that I could have him be in a more more vulnerable space. And I think that you guys will get it. Like sometimes when you see people outside of a container, they can't really open up. But he had actually preferred for me to see him at school so that he could actually (laughs) hang out after school. And his therapy wasn't any different than what I would see in the office. However, when he would bring up certain topics, I would then say the next week, I really need to meet you in the office because I really want to go deeper about this. And it was related to, you know, trauma and family conflict and things like that. And I just don't even even want no accidental parts of somebody walking into a full classroom that they gave us access to. You know, like, oh, I didn't know y'all was in here and he crying or something like I don't want that to happen. I don't want no interruptions. So needless to say, that one referral from another therapist that I never met then went into me being known as a difficult teen lady because I started using the title and it was catchy. So parents loved it. I put it on my website, right? as like my subtitle. That led me to go into these continuation schools, which then led the school to get to know me and make referrals to my private practice. Then of course it gave me permission to see my kid on campus. That was ideal for the parent and their schedule. So now I'm working out like idea schedules for parents, right? Um, And then of course, I'm giving more offerings to this family because it's a system to be able to offer family sessions even at my office or maybe me being present at a school meeting, okay? So needless to say, that was like so dope. (laughs) Like, But it was unfolding as I went. But again, all of this is directly related to me showing up, acknowledging who I love to work with, what problem do I solve, branding myself as, at at least in the beginning, the girl who worked at schools and worked in correctional facilities and worked with difficult kids to then creating marketing tools, right? To then telling people, this is what I do well. And if you want to come see me, you'll definitely get your investment worth, whether it's time, a co-pay or private pay. Okay. So outside of that, what ended up happening is my practice started to flourish into seeing more parents. Because what ended up happening organically because I believe in systems approach is that I love having collaterals with parents because you're not about to send a kid to me and have me be a magical wand and then you not do any work either. That's not going to happen. Right. So I made that very clear in the beginning of all parents treatment. Like, let me know when you plan on dropping your kid off to go to Starbucks because I'm gonna let you know if I need you to come back for the last 15 minutes to meet with you at the end. But we will not meet in the beginning of the session because I want this kid to have all their time. Right. So in summary. In 2012, just to give you some perspective, in 2012, 90% of my caseload when I first started my practice was all children, minors, teenagers. Two years later, also when I left my job, right, or positioning myself to leave my job, I was seeing at that time all of their parents. When I say all, all of my clients at that time for the following, remember, different streams of income under one niche, okay? So I started seeing, if we build it out in legs, I started seeing their parents, maybe for parent coaching or counseling or family, couples, etc. And of course that's billable based on restrictions with their insurance. Then I started seeing some of the parents one-on-one or maybe they were a single parent or grandparent caregiver. Then I might have recognized that the reason why the kid got problems is because the couple, you know, y'all got intimacy problems, y'all got communication problems, y'all got trust problems. And then you expected that this kid is just supposed to adjust, Right. Um, and then I clearly start seeing them as a family unit and clearly all of that start getting the word out again to the point where I was so flooded with referrals that that became the birth of my group practice. Okay. So let me head over to the comment box. I know that we had a question come in. So Miss Brittany, Hey, DTA. So I'm struggling with, um, what I'm struggling with in my niche is knowing the transformation and how I market what I do well. So two things. One way you will know the transformation is by asking the client, how is therapy working for them up to this point? So just a quick tip. And we talk about this in DTA related to hint, hint, client satisfaction. Okay. So put a one in the comment box if you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you know, I'm not about to give away all these nuggets on a YouTube channel, right? But we, and it's in one of our Q and A's in the Q and A portal, but we do talk about client satisfaction to the point where y'all shared resources, right? So don't wait until the six months is up when you told the client y'all gonna be working together for six months, you should be constantly asking a client, honestly, as soon as they hit the telehealth platform or in your office, how have you been since the last time I seen you? That's just by nature. That's just a conversation starter, but it's technically a therapy starter, right? And what you will do for clients who would like to come and verbally vomit on you is you'll trip them up. So I had an adult client where she was so used to verbally vomiting on me, how her anxiety got the best of her since the last time we met last week. And so I started to recognize that she started to make me anxious. Like, this, this is a parallel process. I don't like this. So what I started doing, like one session, I did it and it worked. I said, she could even sit down. I said, I understand. It sounds like you went through a lot this week, but like, can you tell me something good that happened since the last time you seen me? Like, it's been seven days. Ain't nothing, nothing happened good. And she was like, huh? Well, no, no, no. I would, uh, no, 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 no. This is my boundaries. Like, I'm saying this to y'all, right? No, no, no. We're going to get to that. We got a whole 40 minutes to talk about that. I want you to tell me one thing that went right. She sat down in the most slowest motion on the couch, held her little purse, and she was like, oh, well. And I was like, I'll wait. <laughs> so I waited like maybe one minute, and she found like two or three things that went right. And do you know that that set the tone for our entire rest of her session, meaning she didn't give in to the anxiety that she thought took over her life as much as she used to? And what I start doing, because I recognize that even the session felt energetically different, I then make that part of her process that, and actually part of all my clients' process, that they have to tell me something good before we dive into the session. Because there's no way, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in therapy, that nothing good has happened, even if it's awareness or you got more sleep. You feel me? (laughs) So I would say do that because guaranteed, depending on when you hopped on this podcast live episode, is that one of the tips that I gave in the beginning is acknowledging that you're not supposed to do the marketing research by yourself. You should be asking your clients what they're getting out of treatment and how they found you for treatment because they're giving you the inside scoop. You go take that information and you go see if it's on your website. You go see if it's on the directories. You go see if it's on your Instagram page somewhere. If it's not, you're not, you're not consistent across all platforms, right? So I ask and have feedback, but don't know how to use it. So I hope if that just answered your question, <laughs> like kind of what I just said, you're going to take their transformation. So prime example, I met with Thera Friends, one of our AECM ECM students, also DTA coach Shayla, check it out on Instagram. They have what's called Thera Friends, and it's a therapist community. Don't quote me on this, but I know that they provide a very supportive community for a therapist as it relates to other areas outside of business coaching, okay? Don't, don't quote me on none of this, but I know that they serve as therapists, okay? So I met with her group on Monday. I asked them the following question. What are they stuck in in terms of, like, wh- why? oh no, why did they want to get into business and, aka entrepreneurship? Or why do they want to get into entrepreneurship, right? And these, I kid you not, and for those of you in DTA, this is now hella familiar because you remember the enrollment page. You may not remember it verbatim, but I guarantee you, this is going to sound super familiar, right? And this is what told me that my pain points and the transformation is on track. So I'm reading my sticky note. They said, um, in so many words, I want flexibility. I want to be able to create my own schedule. I want to be able to do and take vacations when I want to. So I said, okay, you want flexibility. They said, yes. Then somebody else said, I want to be able to like work when I want to work. Okay, so you want to create your own schedule and have your own time. Okay, time, right? So then somebody else said, I wanna be able to go to the gym when I feel like it and don't feel like I gotta to rush to a therapy session. Oh, so we wanna enhance your lifestyle. Got it. And they didn't know why I kept capping certain phrases into a word, right? So then somebody said, I wanna be able to help the people that I wanna help. I said, okay, so you wanna be in alignment with showing up as your best self and, and helping the people that you wanna serve. And they were like, yeah, right? So then another person um said, "I don't I don't want somebody else to be in control of how much money I make. I said, oh, so you don't want no caps on how much money you can make. They were like, yes. So I started busting up laughing. And I told Shayla today, because we had our elite coaching session. I'm like, I hope you read between the lines when I was laughing. You know what I'm saying? That, that was low-key a coaching session for you too. I, I pulled up the sticky note and I said, y'all, I just wrote down what you said. And Shayla knows this and all DTA students know this. All of these words are actually on the enrollment page. Why am I sharing this with you? Because Ms. Brittany just asked, okay, I have all this data. How do I use it? Well, the first thing I'm going to look at is if these are my ideal clients saying that they want a profitable private practice or they want a private practice, then are these keywords pain points on my enrollment page for services to identify what problem DTA, aka your therapy services solve? And if they're saying things that's not on your page, and especially if you're getting this from multiple people, guess what? You need to then take that data and go add it onto websites, directories, and social media. So let me head back over to the comment box. So you said, yeah, you know, the client satisfaction. I ask and have feedback, but don't know how to use it or translate it into information. So I hope that that just helped what I just said. right? tell me something good, right? So y'all love that. Um, true, someone, some clients uh, journal about their transformation and share it, have them share it. And if that's part of their homework assignment, tell them to tell you what they did for homework. Stop letting clients off the hook by telling them they have a homework assignment and then you don't hold them accountable for it during the next session. That is probably your golden ticket to what you should be putting on your website and other um, online platforms. Fair, my clients journal all the time. That's definitely a pillar of my therapy. Girl, you said no a golden ticket. Okay. So um, Anna... Um, nobody else needs to be in control of how much money we make. Exactly. Okay. So I do want to answer one question because I see somebody in the comment box who had asked about DTA. Okay. So I do want to make some general announcements. And if you have more questions, go ahead and shoot them over. Cause I'm going to wrap up soon. So I want you, if you're watching live and or later, I want you to take the time right now to tell me what was your biggest takeaway. If you haven't already in the comment box, I want you to put a phrase or a statement. What was your biggest takeaway From this workshop today, because what we've talked about in total is we've talked about rapid fire tips for your niche. Who do you want to serve or who do you love to serve? Number one. Number two, what problem do you help solve with that particular population? Number three, how do you brand yourself as that expert? So somebody has submitted a question about being a parent child interaction therapist. Right. Then number four, because you already do that particular type of work, you will automatically start to attract subpopulations under that, that overlap, such as serving the parents, doing one on one therapy with the kids, doing psych evals, etc. And then number five is the bigger and the real question is, what do you want to be known for in the public's eye? And you then want to take that name, give yourself a name, you can change it later and start introducing yourself as that. Market yourself as that person. That's the whole becoming aspect, okay? And then I'll share with you a case study about various things as it relates to marketing and branding, okay? So after you post your takeaway, I want you, of course, to make sure that you subscribe, comment, and like this video. That really helps me see that the content that I am producing, kind of like what I'm asking you to do with your clients, that helps me understand what people like. And what I have found in the last few weeks that I've made a commitment to show up and do my podcast live and record it for the podcast listeners who prefer audio is that people really like showing up live. They can engage with me and you can engage with me later. And then I will return back to the YouTube platform. And then some people just prefer audio to listen to me while they talk, drive, et cetera. Right? So make sure that you comment, uh, subscribe to my channel and like this video. Also share it with two therapist friends. Share it with people. They don't even got to be therapists actually, but you know that most of my content clearly is all for therapists, right? So share it with two therapists, friends, especially if you know that they're battling with, or they want to open up a private practice, but they're battling maybe with niche under branding and I will greatly appreciate it. Now, if you're interested in a two hour Saturday boot camp that I have coming up, and thanks for the love, that I have coming up this Saturday. It's going to be very different. I'm not going to say very different, but it's different from our previous boot camps. And what I mean by that is we've added an enhancement of you guys getting access to something that's only in DTA related to private practice, marketing, tax write-offs, business structure, you know, tips. There's four areas that we're giving away for a ridiculous like amount, right? So if you want to learn more about the boot camp that you can enroll in, that's a one-day-only in a very different Facebook group, okay? Then you can go over to drtk.com forward slash links and just click the button that says sign up for the bootcamp, right? We'll still be covering how to do an in-depth assessment on your private practice, but then I'm gonna slow it down as we talk about wealth, money, wealth narrative, because what I have found is that a lot of the therapists who have even joined DTA or have inquired about DTA, what's preventing them from either taking the information to apply it and believe in themselves is this not the word confidence. It's actually not the word self-confidence or people who say, I don't have the finances to do it right now. What is the next cohort that you're going to have in the next six months? I don't take that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't look at your finances, but what I'm asking you to do is really look within and ask yourself, have you put a cap on your investment to yourself? What do I mean by that? You don't get your time back. So in six months, unless you're experiencing a super financial hardship, Look at your allocated funds. I always tell people to do that. I do that. If I ever say, which I don't anymore, but if I ever had said, like, I can't afford something, I can. I'm just choosing to allocate my funds in other areas. And the question would be really about, can I reallocate some of those funds to things that aren't serving me, that aren't going to help me grow, that aren't going to get me around the people that will help me grow and push me and not judge me, okay? So all of that is directly related to what we do in the Dope Therapist Academy. The Dope Therapist Academy will be open up again next week for the March slash uh, middle of April cohort. We're gonna start enrolling people like the first or second week of the month. Okay, so for this month, it's a little different because we just came off of another type of boot camp. So we're gonna be enrolling next week, and it's only gonna be open for four to five days. Okay, so if you want to learn more about DTA, make sure you show up for the boot camp, or you can just send me a message. You see the phone number at the bottom of the screen, three or maybe you don't, but I'm going to give it to you. It's 310-388-8603. 310 area code. If you are not signed up for our abundance affirmations Monday through Friday, you can get those affirmations. If you have a specific question about DTA that has not already been answered per a previous bootcamp that you've attended. If you are attending this upcoming boot camp, I will actually answer the questions about DTA at the very end, because my sole purpose for having that boot camp is to embrace you with as much knowledge to then apply it to your current or future business as much as possible. Okay, so we will be meeting on Saturday for two hours. Um, we will do assessment of your health, of your business or future business. We will do wealth. Um, one of the bonuses, as I said, you will get access to an online course that will talk about branding, marketing, business structure, and taxes, um, that are only now given to the DTA students with videos. Okay. Um, and DTA, like I mentioned, will be open on Monday. So outside of that, I really hope that you've enjoyed the information. Um, Let me go over here and read the takeaways. And so Ms. Brittany says, oh, wait, no, let me see. Let me scroll down. Let me see. Learning to name and target my clients' um, needs with the information that they give me. Yes, don't don't go and search stuff. It's right in your face. Um, Share this video with people who might be interested. Thank you. Yes, I'm a force that needs to be reckoned with. All right. And then, yeah, sign up. Join us. All right. Um, and also, just remember that anything that I do, especially as it relates to private practice or things that will let you preview how you can show up in DTA, that's why you want to come to those boot camps, really, because I'm all about letting you test drive the car. The only difference will be when we actually do DTA, we will be able to see one another in a actual um, Zoom call, and that by far has been one of the biggest and best pieces of our community because they get to commune with one another, they get to see each other off social media, and they're able to connect outside of social media and the cause as well with accountability groups. So DCA will be opening up and we will provide details in the bootcamp. All right. So I will see all of you soon, uh, maybe on Instagram, but make sure that you like, subscribe and comment and share this with other therapists. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.